0: Well, hello again, and welcome back to the Straight A Nursing Podcast. I'm Nurse Mo, and I've got another bonus episode for you today. And this one is really good because this comes up all the time in my thriving nursing student's Facebook group, and I thought, you know, I should just make a bonus episode about this because it's such an important topic. Before we dive into that topic, I do want to take a quick minute for the listener shout out that I always like to do at the beginning of the episode. And this shout out goes out to Leah, who says, woohoo, all A's this semester in health assessment and practicum, in nursing research and nursing fundamentals, six units. Thank you, Nurse Mo, for getting me organized and prepared for this endeavor. So Leah was a student in my Crucial Concepts Boot Camp, and that boot camp helped her do so, so well in her first semester. Leah, I'm so proud of you. So if you're wondering what Bootcamp is, Bootcamp is my nursing school prep course that teaches strategies, fundamental concepts, and basically how to be a successful nursing student. And if you're listening to this episode, when it airs or close to the time when it airs, Bootcamp is on sale right now. I will put a link in the episode notes so that you can get 20% off and some fantastic bonuses. So look for the link in the episode notes. So the topic we're talking about today that comes up all the time in my Facebook group is, my teacher is terrible. So I want to talk to you a little bit about what that looks like and what you can actually do when your nursing school instructor is kind of awful. So there are all kinds of, you know, less than stellar teachers out there. They could be unorganized, you know, changing things at the last minute, not communicating well, not providing good instructions, taking forever to grade things, just unorganized, scatterbrained, whatever you want to call it. They can also be uninspired. This is that teacher that just reads from the PowerPoint word for word and you want to stick a fork in your eye because it's so boring and you're getting nothing out of the, of the lecture. Yeah, that's not great. Um, or, you know, the kind of instructor that might, just give assignments, give online modules without a lot of input from them so you you know a lot of times with the uninspired teacher this is that situation where the student says i feel like i'm teaching myself and then you have the unclear teacher who maybe the way they explain things doesn't click or causes more confusion maybe they contradict themselves or in some cases just don't seem to know what they're talking about or straight up provide wrong information. So yeah, here are some truth bombs about bad nursing school instructors. They're out there. I would not say they are the norm. I would say most instructors in nursing school love students, love teaching, love sharing their knowledge and are absolute gifts to the profession. But Bad teachers are out there, and chances are you might encounter one or the other as you go through your nursing school program. So unfortunately, not every nurse who is teaching in a nursing school program took classes on how to be an educator. They may be fantastic nurses, really smart in their field, but maybe not the best Educators. A lot of times, the requirement might just be that you have to have a master's or doctorate degree. That doctorate degree could be in a uh, a nurse practitioner, right? So, super smart about nurse practitioner stuff, maybe doesn't understand how to design a, a class, right? Doesn't understand curriculum design. So, just know that not every nurse who might be teaching in nursing school has a background or an education in education okay that is its own specialty also not every nurse educator is 100% only solely focused on teaching many teach part time and keep their practice part time or full time and there's a lot of reasons for this or another thing is they could also be getting their advanced degree a lot of a lot of the instructors Well, maybe not a lot. A few of the instructors that I had in undergrad and graduate school were getting their doctorate degrees. So yeah, those people were really busy and maybe a little more unorganized than I would like, but I get it. I understood they had their own goals just as I did. So there's a lot of reasons why maybe a nurse educator might not be a full-time educator solely focused on that job is one, the pay is not so great. So, a lot of times these educators keep a part time position as a bedside clinician of some kind to make up for that. They also want to work part time as a bedside clinician to stay current. Maybe they just are super passionate about pediatrics and can't imagine ever leaving that environment. They're also passionate about teaching students about pediatrics, but this could spread them a little bit thin. And just in general, juggling a lot because of that. You know, again, maybe in school for their own advanced degree or maybe taking on so much at their own school, teaching way too many classes on way too many committees. There's just a lot of times where instructors have a lot more going on that you might not see and that can contribute to maybe they're not the most organized. Maybe their PowerPoints aren't the most inspired But I truly believe, again, most educators want to do a good job. Just sometimes the debt can be stacked so much against them. And it's helpful to just have a little bit of understanding and give people a little bit of grace. Now, I'm going to talk a little bit about some things that you can do to counteract when you have a less than stellar teaching experience. Okay, But first, maybe another type of instructor that you might get that's just not Doing it for you is the one who's just not a good communicator. Not everyone is a skilled communicator. And so much of effective teaching is clear communication. We had this one instructor in my advanced med surge class, and we loved her loved her so so much but her lectures were like word salad like we were just like that was kind of word salad-y and I honestly would have to I would go to her lecture and pay very close attention I would take my notes and then immediately that day go and rewrite the notes and kind of be like, oh, okay, this is what she meant. Oh, okay, that's what that phrase meant because she really did kind of just, she just had a very creative way of speaking. So not a great communicator, super passionate and very, very knowledgeable about her specialty. We were so grateful to learn from her, but it did take a little bit extra effort just to kind of take her way of speaking and put it into that simple, easy to understand language. And then just that reminder, everyone's human. People can get things wrong once in a while. People can have a bad day once in a while. It's when this happens over and over again, when your instructor just isn't doing a great job where it starts to be concerning. But again, there are some things that you can actually do when your teaching experience or your learning experience isn't all that great. So The very first thing that you must do as a nursing student, regardless of the quality of the education that you're getting, is that you have to take ownership of your education. It is on you. So if an instructor is not great, I can pretty much guarantee nothing's probably going to change in the short term, right? When you get to the end of the semester and you provide your honest, fair feedback about that person's performance... They might make some changes to how they teach, but in the moment, in the middle of the semester, probably not going to be much change. So it's going to be on you. So if the teacher is super unorganized, maybe that is where they're falling short. Unfortunately, you're going to have to accept and anticipate this. Okay. Why would you expect someone who's been super unorganized to all of a sudden? be really organized, right? So expect what you can expect from this individual. Let's say their assignment instructions might be in one place of your learning management system. The rubric, they put somewhere else. The links you need in order to do the assignment, the readings, what have you, they're in another place. Well, what are you gonna do? That's super unorganized, right? Sure, it'd be great if they provided it all together, but how about you take a moment compile that all together, put that into your task management system or your Google Doc or whatever. Now you are the super organized one. That is how you are going to counteract this other person's inability to be organized. With a teacher who's very unorganized, I would say Maybe you're great at doing things the day before they're due. With this kind of instructor, my advice would be don't wait, okay? Start on things a little bit earlier to give time for you to maybe counteract that disorganization or ask for clarification on assignments, okay? So if the instructor is known for providing really confusing assignment instructions or not having all the pieces in place for you because they're really unorganized, Don't wait till the last minute to do the assignment. Make some time ahead of time so that you can ask questions and get the answers you need, okay? And the other thing I would say is you got to ask questions. You don't just want to complain to your friends, okay? I know that's super attractive and sometimes what you need, right? You need to vent a little bit, but don't let that just be all that you do. Get to office hours. When you're in class, raise your hand ask those clarifying questions, okay? I guarantee if you have a question, somebody else does too, and maybe somebody else is too shy to raise their hand and speak up, but you're not. You're going to advocate for your own education. Ask those clarifying questions, okay? What if your instructor is the type that's just taking forever to grade things? Well, the way that you learn is by Learning basically from the feedback you get on your assignments. You learn from your mistakes and you learn what you did well. Keep doing more of that, right? So this feedback is important. So let's say you've done one care plan and turned it in and you're waiting for that to come back with feedback. But now you've got another care plan too. You might feel a little bit lost, like, well, I I guess I did the first one okay. I'm not really sure. Should I do this one in the same way? It's perfectly okay to reach out to your instructor and say, will we be receiving the feedback on our first care plans in time to incorporate that feedback into this next one? That's a reasonable question. Sometimes maybe they just needed that gentle, kind reminder that, oh, yeah, That care plan, I need to get that graded and back to them so that they can do a good job on this next one. Okay, so asking for your feedback in a timely manner is 100% acceptable. Now, if they're just not getting things back to you, and I've heard of instructors doing this. I heard of an instructor, I believe it was in graduate school, and this was the semester class before mine. And I think the class was, what was the class? it was like pharmacology or pathophysiology. I think it was pathophysiology. And the instructor didn't get them any of their assignments back until right before finals week. And you better believe those students complained about that because that's a legitimate complaint, right? How can you even know how you're doing in a class unless you get regular feedback? So taking action sometimes is warranted. So the first thing I would recommend doing is look in the syllabus The syllabus very well may have an element or a line item that says assignments will be graded and returned within four business days or one week or whatever it is. And as long as the instructor is keeping to that, well, that's in the syllabus. The syllabus is kind of your contract for the class. Then there's not probably much more that you can do do about that, but if they are continually going way over any kind of a reasonable deadline for feedback, you can bring that up. You can ask the instructor. That would be the very, very first thing. And then if that does not get the result that you need, you can go up the chain of command. So let's say that instructor is co-teaching a class. A lot of times instructors will split a class, but there's one person who's like the faculty of record for that class. You would then go to that person, okay, if the other instructor, A, isn't responding to your questions about when your graded assignments are going to be back and if it's just egregiously late. And then if there's not a co-teaching situation, a faculty of record, you could then go up to, you may need to go to just the department head, but you can go up the chain of command. Just always make sure that you address the individual before you do that. And you always follow in a stepwise manner. Okay. When I was preparing to enter nursing school, I went full on turbo. Now, I'm a planner by nature, so I tackled nursing school as though I was embarking on an Arctic expedition. And to be honest, I spent a lot of time spinning my wheels. I wasn't sure how to prepare or what to do. I just felt that I should. After all, I'd heard how difficult a nursing school was, and I wanted to feel organized and ready from the very first day. I knew that's what would give me the confidence I needed to take on this challenge. So, I did the best I could. I started school and I have to say, I'm so glad I did that initial prep work. Now, was it the right prep work? Some of it was and some of it wasn't, but what I did do right was so impactful. Because once school starts, it is game on. There's no time for review, there's no time to set up new systems, and many times Concepts are coming at you at lightning fast speed. It would have been great to know a bit about these ahead of time, but I got through it. And now that I've been through nursing school and been mentoring students for quite a few years now, I know exactly what students can do to prepare. I know what they should review and the crucial concepts they should get introduced to before classes start, which is why I created Crucial Concepts Bootcamp a nursing school prep course that gets you ahead so you can start your program feeling confident and be way ahead of the game. Learn more about Crucial Concepts Bootcamp at learn.straightanursingstudent.com forward slash crucial concepts. I'd love to see you there. That's learn.straightanursingstudent.com forward slash crucial dash concepts. Start nursing school ready to conquer. Enroll in Crucial Concepts Bootcamp today. Now, what about that instructor who is just uninspired? That instructor who just reads the PowerPoint slides yana rama, right? Word for word. Well, guess what? Sadly to say, you're probably not going to change how they teach overnight again. Not a lot that the you can expect from the other person, you're going to have to shift and take ownership here as well. So when students tell me, my teacher just reads the PowerPoints word for word, I'm not getting anything out of this class, I ask two things. I say, what questions did you ask in that class, in that lecture? And did you take advantage of office hours? And most of the time there's they don't have an answer for me for that because students sometimes would rather feel defeated and lost than take ownership, right? Because that takes, it's a lot harder to do. It might not be something that you're comfortable with or used to doing, but you're going to get comfortable with it. And you're going to get used to doing it because you have to be an advocate for yourself before you can ever think that you can be an advocate for a patient. Okay, so start doing it now when it's really pretty easy to advocate for yourself so that when you get to the bedside, advocating for that patient is super, super comfortable for you. So if your teacher is uninspired, you don't feel like you're getting anything out of the lectures, you gotta ask questions. A great question to start with is simply asking them for some clarification. Let's say you're sitting in a lecture and they're reading you some really boring slides about sepsis. And you could say, excuse me, you know, you're raising your hand, being very polite. I'm not clear on how sepsis causes third spacing. Can you expand on that concept? And then hopefully you pull them out of the PowerPoint word for word and you get them to relay in their own words how sepsis contributes to third spacing, and hopefully that makes that concept connect for you. Another great option is to ask for an example. Can you give an example of when you might suspect a patient is getting septic? A lot of times what students need is they need that clinical situation brought to life, and stories and examples are a fantastic way to do that. You could also ask a what-if type question. For example, what if my patient's blood pressure drops, but I'm not sure why? What should I do? So anytime you can, like, let's say you're in a med surge class, anytime you can tie it back to a clinical experience is going to be really helpful. So again, those three types of questions are a clarifying question and, and not just saying, Can you explain that again? But really being very specific about the concept that you're asking for clarification on, asking for an example, and asking a what if type question. Those are three great ways to pull an instructor away from just reading the PowerPoint to actually teaching and sharing their own knowledge. Now, with any luck, your engagement in the class will inspire that instructor to be more expressive, to be more engaging. Trust me, most instructors really love it when students ask questions and participate in class discussion. Okay, there's nothing that is more painful than giving a lecture to a group of people who don't even seem like they're paying attention. So it kind of goes both ways, right? All right, now what about the teacher who makes things more confusing or maybe is just straight up wrong? So if the instructor is confusing or a concept is just confusing the way they're explaining it, you're not getting it again. You want to ask for clarifying questions and you want to be very specific. So for example, let's say the instructor is talking about the different types of insulin and you're getting confuddled with long-acting Versus short acting. Instead of saying, "Can you go over the long acting versus the short acting insulins again?" I mean, that could probably that could probably take like thirty minutes to talk through. Right? Ask a very specific question like, "Is Lantus a long acting or a short acting insulin?" Okay, and then they're going to answer that right. So, using a very clear and specific Clara. Question, and that involves you taking a moment to really identify where you're getting kind of lost in this, in this concept, in this explanation, in your understanding. You can also ask for additional information. For example, you could say, "I read the chapter on autoimmune disorders, but I'm still a little unclear on the various treatments for rheumatoid arthritis. Do you know of another good resource I could use?" and a lot of times they will have one, and if they don't and they're saying, you know, the book it really is your best resource, hopefully their next question is, what exactly is your sticking spot with the treatment options? Maybe I can help. And then you can have a discussion with your instructor about that concept. And then if they don't have a good resource and they don't really have anywhere else to, to send you, then, you know, this is the time when you got to get resourceful And go and do a little bit of research and digging on your own. Okay, so resourcefulness, I have said about 500 times, is the single most predictor of nursing school success than anything else. Being resourceful is absolutely key. And this is a great time to display that personality trait. Now, if your instructor is just straight up wrong, first of all, I want you to realize they're human. Okay? Expecting someone to know everything about every topic is a very, very unreasonable expectation. People can and do make mistakes. Now, if the mistake and the explanation is just so far and away outside of the realm of ever possibly being correct, then yes, you do need to address it. But I want you to first realize, okay, this person is human. And yes, we all make mistakes mistakes. So it may be that their information is simply outdated. You could easily say something like, I noticed the book says that the 2020 statistics on stroke are actually a little better than the ones we just talked about. Do you think this is because we're educating the public so much about recognizing stroke symptoms early? Well, now you're giving your instructor an opportunity to engage with you in a meaningful discussion about stroke statistics while also pointing out that the more recent information might be different than what they had previously had. Now, what if they're just wrong, wrong? Like maybe not just an outdated statistic or an outdated treatment method, but straight up wrong. I remember when I was doing my graduate school um education i had to do a lot of clinical te- a lot of teaching and in one of those i think it was a skills lab we were talking about respiratory assessment i believe and somebody asked about pack year history and i don't remember what the instructor said i was just there kind of as a support person a support instructor but the main instructor whatever he said straight up wrong like, I kind of suspect he just pulled something out of his, you know what, straight up or wrong. Um, that is a, a, an occasion where, yeah, you've got to correct that. Because now the whole rest of the class thinks that it's that wrong thing. And the student who thinks that, you know, it was something else, the student who actually does know the answer, now doubts themselves, right? So there are a couple of different things to think about when you have an instructor who is straight up saying the wrong thing and giving wrong information, you want to be very specific with the correction, and you want to give them an opportunity to save face, okay? That is the kind human thing to do. So what you could say in this situation is could you clarify, pack your history? I want to make sure that I understand. I thought I had something to do with the number of cigarettes smoked per day times the number of years smoked. And so when you say it like that, okay, this instructor who said the completely wrong thing, and I don't even remember what the wrong thing was, but I do remember thinking, well, that's not right. Now they're like, oh yeah, that's what it is. So it, it reminds them of what it actually is giving them an opportunity to save face and giving them an opportunity to correct the wrong statement. Okay, does that make sense? Or you could say a clarifying specific question like, can you please clarify the cardiac output equation? Is it stroke volume times heart rate? Or am I not understanding this correctly? Because guess what, even in that case, you know, you're right right? But there will be times when you are so sure that you are right. And by asking the question in a clarifying way, you actually get into a discussion with your instructor and realize you weren't right all along. And maybe they were right, or maybe neither one of you are right. So always asking, clarifying, very specific questions, okay? And there's a really good chance that your instructor simply misspoke. So by asking that clarifying question, you clear up any confusion, you give them an opportunity to save face, retain their authority, and you help the other students understand the material better as well. And sometimes the topic that you're discussing is something that's very evidence-based You can always provide the evidence. If you found a study that is peer-reviewed, supported, replicated, that shows some treatment option is better for hemorrhagic stroke or whatever, share that with them. I guarantee you most times they love to learn about new evidence and practice changes, especially if they've been away from the bedside and may not know all of the changes, all of the things being done in the clinical setting because it can change very quickly. So I hope this brief bonus episode helps you navigate some of those less than stellar education experiences. The takeaway here is you're the one who's responsible for your education and most of your instructor's 99.9% of them are deeply committed to teaching and developing future nurses. So thank you to all the nurse educators out there. You are awesome. I will see all of you listening tomorrow for another bonus episode. So make sure that you are subscribed to following the podcast so that it shows up for you like magic in your podcast player. And I've put a link to Crucial Concepts Bootcamp in the episode notes, as well as a link to registration for a live workshop. You can still get in to the live workshop, Five Ways Nursing Students Struggle and What to Do Instead. This is a free live class that I'll be conducting in a few days, and I'd love to see you there. Bye for now. This podcast is brought to you by Straight A Nursing.